Looking for accelerated career growth? Apply for open consulting roles at Palmtree today. Palmtree is a consulting firm with a private equity mindset. The firm focuses exclusively on M&A and the private equity investment lifecycle, helping clients maximize value while increasing bandwidth to source deals and raise capital. At Palmtree, you'll work with seasoned veterans from investment banking, consulting, big fur accounting, and private equity. In addition, you'll learn the ins and outs of private equity and M&A advisory by working closely with the firm's senior leadership. Palmtree provides a unique opportunity to break into the M&A industry and experience accelerated career growth. The firm's elite leadership team is led by professionals who have worked in private equity, investment banking, big four accounting, strategy consulting at MBB, and corporate finance. The sky is truly the limit at Palmtree. Ready to love your work again? Learn more about Palmtree, see open roles, and apply today on the careers page at palmtreellc.com or click the link in the show notes. Welcome to this episode of Strategy Simplified. I'm delighted to bring you our first in a series of conversations with Palmtree, a leader in M&A finance consulting and advisory services. Palmtree has been expanding rapidly, roughly tripling their employee count over the past few years and becoming a leading voice in middle market M&A. Today we get to speak with Rujin Myrick, an SVP in Palmtree's financial due diligence area. Rujin's going to help us understand more about this area and Palmtree's TNT and investment bank areas as well. I particularly want to call out that Palmtree is a unique firm where you could get exposure and experience to both consulting and investment banking in the same role and without the same lifestyle consequences. Stay tuned to hear more. I hope you enjoy the discussion. Rujin, welcome to Strategy Simplified. We are so excited to talk with you today. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. You get to help us kick off uh, an ongoing set of discussions where we get to learn a little bit more about Palm Tree and the work that you do. Could you kick us off here by giving us just a brief bio on yourself? Sure. Uh, so I'm a, a graduate of the University of Texas at Austin, uh, CPA by trade, started my career with Ernst & Young, so jumped into public accounting immediately after school. Um, did specifically the audit practice for several years, then transitioned to the transaction support group. I think it's now called the deal group. Essentially, that's how I got introduced to mergers and acquisitions. Uh, primarily focused on financial due diligence, so pre-acquisition analysis. Then um, wanted to see the whole breadth of the transaction, so looked for an, a job outside of public accounting. And that's when I started working for a public Fortune 150 company called AECOM. Uh, they were based out of Los Angeles, which is what took me out to L.A. from Texas. And uh, they were very acquisitive and had a lot of divestiture. So I continued my M&A practice there. And then I uh, jumped back into the middle market. And that's where I found Palm Tree. Uh, at the time, it was 2019. We were about 30-ish people. And jumpstart to 2022, we've been through a pandemic and we are almost at, I don't even know now, I think we're pushing 100 employees. So it's been a very exciting growth. So excited to be a part of it and, and bring in some of that background and expertise that I've developed and bring into the group. 
Mm-hmm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're excited to, to hear you more, t- you know, talk you more about the group. Um, so give us just a little bit of an intro about Palm Tree overall, the type of work that you do, who you work with, your industries and practice areas. Sure. So I think in essence, you can always Google a company, kind of get the gist of it from their website. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're a group of people that are a bunch of problem solvers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we see the, the spaghetti bowl and try to find some kind of order in it to straighten it out, to, to clean it up and to create value. Uh, that's the kind of the 30,000 foot view of, of what we do. Uh, once you actually go into the website and, and understand where the business and the consulting actually happens, we are of three branches or three pillars. Um, internally, we have uh, the financial due diligence practice. We have the TNT practice, which is called um, Transitions and Transformations. And then we have the Investment Bank. So that's kind of the the groups that become as more structured or separated as we possibly can be. But in practice, it meshes all together because it all bleeds into the life of the transaction or the transaction life cycle. And that's where we get our tagline, transactions, transitions, transformations. Um, It really does... um, interlace as far as our services, because I can come in pre-transaction, do what I do and gain a lot of knowledge and understand, oh, there's some implementation and and work that we can do post-close. And that's where the TNT group comes in. And then down the line, the bank could potentially help that company either work on a sale or, you know, the transaction maybe started with the bank and they were looking for the consulting side of the practice to come in to help with that business and prepare it for sale. So it is, it's a very intermingled, um, a service providing company, but I, um, essentially that, uh, that tagline of transactions, transitions, transformations is what kind of encompasses what we do. That absolutely helps bring it more to life. You know, Good. on the website, the language that exists just below that is Palm Tree is an M&A consulting and advisory firm born out of private equity. So does that mean that the work was once exclusively in private equity and now is broader than that? Or, you know, help me understand that a little bit better. Yes, is the broad, is, is the simple answer? I think. Um, I think you could say the work was born out of private private equity, but you could also say that the individuals were actually born out of private mm. equity. Not mm. at the moment anymore because we've grown and people have come in from different backgrounds. But that's where it first started. Individuals that were sitting in the private equity desks and offices and really understanding what those particular companies were looking for. But at this point, we've taken that knowledge and expanded it. Um, I like to kind of think about the way palm tree is now as we've all kind of come in with our specific puzzle pieces and our jagged little edges have all fit in perfectly all together. And I, I keep kind of, you know, no one's actually seeing me on the podcast if they're listening to it, but everything just kind of meshes and fits together. It turns into a circle or a cycle of M&A consulting because ultimately what palm tree likes to do is come in identify where the holes are in the big picture of the quilt of the company that needs us. And we kind of fit in where those holes are and help them create a perfect and complete view. Mm. Um, 
So much of our listener base mm-hmm. is is interested in consulting. They're thinking about uh, you know generalist pathways in strategy or operations consulting, or maybe going a slightly more specialized route from an industry or functional perspective. Mm-hmm. How would you say that you know M and A consulting that Palm Tree does? Um, where does it fit in terms of the overall consulting landscape? Well, I think our niche is is that middle market. Um, as I mentioned to you before, I, my, my background is in public accounting, and then I had some actual public company experience. And both of those jobs were very consulting-based, even the in-house M&A side of, of, a, of a public company, because you're constantly going project by project and trying to understand what the problems are and trying to fix them as you go. With with palm tree, the the specificity or the view that we have is um, in that middle market space, and this um, you know to be a little presumptuous and think that your listeners are looking to me for advice. I'm going to uh, jump and and assume that. But um, if I kind of had this crystal ball when I left college. I would have jumped into middle markets so much sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very grateful for the path that led me here and the experiences that I did have, but I am somewhat envious of our analysts that come in and get to experience that middle market experience firsthand because it's so hands-on. You, There is no seven layers of review and then ultimately you're exposed to the client or then you're exposed to the target you're right there. You're hand in hand with the person who, you know, sweat, blood and tears began the business, or you're there with your client who's really trying to evaluate the business and how to um, either get a, a better deal or make sure they're not buying a lemon. Um, you are in the weeds and you're kind of in the trenches with with your client. Uh, you sort of get that experience, I think, when you're in the, the bigger consulting firms. Um, I think it's at a different level and a different pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with the middle market and kind of where we play, um, there's no, uh, you know, play your small role and then maybe take a step up. It's get your in there, roll up your sleeves, get your hands dirty and, and learn as you go quickly. So I'm just, you know, you've mentioned middle market a couple mm-hmm. of times, you know, a, 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 one standard definition might be any, a business in the range of 10 million to a billion dollars. Uh, is that the way that you define middle market at Palm Tree? Yeah, it's generally either top line or, or an EBITDA bottom line mm-hmm. type of view. And so if I was thinking 10, I mean, a 10 million top line company would probably not be in the middle market, <laughs> but I guess, you know, we wouldn't turn them away. Um, but, uh, but absolutely we, we, uh, we, we tend to stay in the, you know, high tens to the 500, 800 million of top line revenue. That just seems to be what kind of comes into our sweet spot, but mm-hmm. we've definitely had ranges on, on both sides, depending on, on kind of the size of the clients and, and the, the, the targets that they're taking a look at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I understand, Regine, that your primary focus area is financial due diligence. That's right. Could you tell us a little bit more about that and Palm Tree's approach in this area? Sure. The um, I recently spoke to uh, some, the, a women in finance group at Stanford, and um, I was working with a colleague and who is renowned for his analogies, and I feel like this one worked the best. Um, so, if you do, if you're thinking about financial due diligence. 
And for anyone who's looking for a home in this crazy market, this will ring very close to, to home. Um, if you're looking to buy a home, take you're essentially the private equity company who's looking to buy a company. Um, when you're going into that, you're going to go take a look at the house. You're going to go um, potentially put in an offer and you bring in an inspector to take a look at the home, to make sure that the pipes are good, the foundation's good, etc. I am that inspector for the business. I come in with my quote unquote checklist, um, which is all accounting based. And, and I take a look at the financials and make sure that we don't have a dud. We don't have any hidden, um, you know, the holes in the ground and the foundation is off um, or they haven't been accounting for something properly because ultimately what happens is uh, our clients, at least on the FDD side, uh, have gone either to a, a lender or some insurance company or something or even their own investors and said, look, we're underwriting this as an investment and here's our validation for this being a good investment. And that's where we come in and help them with that underwriting process. So it's really incumbent on us to ensure that the, the financials that have been presented are either accurate or we are adjusting them to as accurate as they could be. And we're also evaluating what that run rate will be so that they can have an idea of what were those one-time items that will probably not continue going forward and, and removing that noise to really understand what that cash flow of that business would be. Mm. As you go through this work and process, um, do you normally end up on the end of the spectrum of just verification and validation of what was already there? Or do you often find things that need to be uh, brought into a new perspective, the numbers change, you know, and, and you know, that helps lead to different decision making? Sure. The, the, the trust but verify phrase is, is a big one. And, mm. um, and it really depends on how the business prepared itself for sale. Um, if they thought ahead and brought in maybe a palm tree, maybe an investment bank, maybe someone else to help them build up their financials and really present it in the best foot forward, mm -hmm. um, then that makes our job a lot easier. We can leverage the work that has already been done. Um, it's a lot more verification than it is us actually digging in the weeds and, and trying to normalize. Um, but if it's a company that, you know, just up and decided, look, I'm done, I want to retire, I'm going to sell this business, and I haven't done anything with my financials as far as a cleanup or a look back, they have no audit, they have no review, they have no compilation, um, that one would take a lot more time. And it's not just validation, but, oh, you are not recognizing your revenue properly and, and recasting that whole P&L, essentially, and taking a look at what, what that business would have been like had they implemented the right accounting policies. Which I imagine is going to be uh, uh, quite an eye-opening process you know, to the, the leadership of that company as well. Absolutely. Right? And, and, and that's exactly all of those pitfalls are what we try to address with both sides of the palm tree cycle. Um, you know, I think you, you'd mentioned, you know, kind of who we're working with and, and I primarily am looking at private equity as my clients, but it's my 80% private equity, 20% companies on the investment bank side. It's the, it's the flip. They're almost 80%. Um, small businesses, companies, people that have sweat, blood and tears into their actual business, 20% other um, uh, financial firms. So the depending on where of that cycle that you are really determines um, 
how to implement the, the, the palm tree way to create value. Um, but because we kind of see both sides of that, all, all sides of that circle really makes us prepared and understand where the, the pitfalls could be so that we can kind of um, position our client, whoever it is, in the best way forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that palm tree has been growing significantly. That's right. Um, as you think about bringing new people in now, uh, are they automatically aligned to one of the three areas of the business? Or um, do you work across areas? Do any of your colleagues work across those areas? Yeah, we, we'd love the idea of a generalist, right? Because um, I, I think at certain levels below, so let's say, um, the analyst and a senior analyst, maybe even associate level, we'd like for them. That's actually kind of our tagline of, of trying to promote people is that we want you to experience all of the facets of palm tree. Um, no one wants to be pigeonholed early on in their career. Um, I think the folks that go into their universities and absolutely know what they want to do and that's what they do. I mean, the there's probably a few of those, but you're crazy. Either mm-hmm. that or you're just only pigeonhole- pigeonholing yourself and not experiencing something else. So mm-hmm. um, at least with what we can provide, we want individuals to be able to get that FDD background and then see what it's like in the TNT practice and really implement the asks of an office of a CFO and then potentially go into an investment bank. And you don't necessarily have to be sleeping under your desk in a pillow in New York to get the iBanking experience. You can actually have a normal experience and, but still be in the weeds and in the trenches with some really smart people and understand how it works. Um, I hope that answered your question. I think. Oh my gosh, absolutely. (laughs) That last piece is probably breaking news to some people, you know, just really uh, shaking their understanding and also blending the lines between uh, investment banking and consulting, right? There, there's a huge segment um, of prospective consultants or prospective iBankers who go through right. that decision-making process um, and, and may not have considered a sweet spot with a company like Palm Tree where they get a, the chance to, you know, interact in both types of roles. Right, right. Like I said, I... And it may have just been we were getting recruited by Big Four at the time, and and everybody was, um, you know, waving that fancy Big Four flag and whining and dine us and 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 going into that big industry and and having the big clients just had so much flair to it, and it was mm-hmm. great. It was a great experience. Uh, I think there's something to be said about building your career in that, um, in, in that caliber and really understanding how things work. But um, boy the middle market, it was, uh, it was just like the best kept secret of, of the finance and accounting world. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, it's, it's not for everybody. I mean, some people I think mm-hmm. really thrive in that intense sleep under your desk type of environment and, you know, more mm-hmm. power to you if that's what you want to do. We'll be right back after this quick message from our sponsor. Want to work in strategy consulting for a top firm? LEK Consulting is hiring now across its U.S. offices. LEK works on exciting growth strategy projects for the world's top companies, serving almost every sector and industry vertical. At LEK, you'll work on fast-paced engagements in small project teams with some of the brightest minds in the industry. If you're looking for the ideal blend of meaningful work and a tight-knit culture, LEK may be the perfect fit for you. To learn about open roles and to apply, click the link in the show notes or go to lek.com. You know, let's let's make it 
practical and tangible a little bit. You know, you talked mm-hmm. how um, you, you're working middle market that that allows you to be uh, close to the action. Mm-hmm. It allows people that you bring on to on board and on your teams to really have direct impact in terms of their relationship with the client and the impact of the work. Um, you also mentioned how you know you overall take a strategy to help fill in the gaps where those gaps are needed for your clients. Right. But what is that? You know, the the combination of these things. What what's the impact on the way that you, you know, structure your engagements and staff your teams? Um, you, can, you can speak in generalities, or you can pick out a specific project or two. But um, what does that look like? How do you how do you structure your your projects and staff your teams? God. And I'll focus more on the financial due diligence side because obviously mm-hmm. that's that's where I live. But um, my engagements will generally be three individuals. Uh, me overseeing the the engagement, uh, an associate or a senior associate that's kind of leading the day-to-day, and then an analyst that's actually uh, building out the financial workbook. We live in Excel, love mm-hmm. our numbers, love our quickies. It's, it's mm-hmm. always like a, you know, badge of honor to not use your mouse. And uh, <laughs> The, the, the analysts are the ones that then get the trial balance level information and really work through building our data book. Um, if you're in the M&A practice or you've done any type of consulting work related to um, a private equity or acquisitions, you kind of, you know what a Q of E is, a quality of earnings. And that is what our ultimate output is. Uh, it can come into an Excel format. It can be a PDF report. But what it essentially is, is three columns. And it usually represents an annual period of the P&L. And it starts with EBITDA as reported, your earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, mm-hmm. and goes down to EBITDA on a diligence-adjusted or pro forma basis. So what that tells you is, look, here is the bottom line of the business, what your run rate is of what you need to run this business, and um, all of the adjustments above are the things that we identified during the diligence process. So that Q of E, your quality of earnings, is what our clients would ultimately take to lenders to say, hey, look, we um, brought in a third party to validate the inspector for the house. Um, they take it to any reps and warranty insurance companies to say, look, we've done our due diligence and here it is. Um, and then for any type of you know, post-close, uh, making sure that they're aligning with all their debt covenants, they take our work and kind of roll it forward with mm-hmm. their modeling and things like that. Yeah. On average, how, how long does it take for you to do the analysis to come up with the Q of E perspective? Um, on a you know, super high end, turn around quickly, no report, we can probably get something around in two weeks where it's just a preliminary view. Um, Mm -hmm. Really tight, have gone through enough engagement uh, discussions with with management to make sure that we didn't miss anything, I'd say on the four week side. So um, that range will obviously uh, be shifted around based on how quickly we get the data. So we, we mentioned how sophisticated the sellers could potentially be. Now, if they've had someone helping them and they've got numbers ready to go, that obviously goes a little faster. The folks who, you know, haven't closed their books in six months and, you know, mm-hmm. aren't really sure what an accounts receivable aging is, that might take a little longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and is it traditional that for your analysts and associates, they would be aligned to one engagement at a time or multiple? 
Um, ideally, we don't want the analyst to be straddling too many. Um, we, uh, if it's one engagement, it's an engagement that really has them utilized fully. Um, if it's a couple of engagements, they are generally in the same uh, industry or client or they're kind of um, uh staggered appropriately so that, you know, they do a little extra work on that, this engagement and then move on to the next while they're waiting for the data to flow in. But on the analyst level, we don't really want them working more than two deals because we'd like to, them to stay focused. And that number tends to expand as you kind of move up and kind of generally works that way because you have more capacity to be able to get into more of a review process, take on more deals. Um, we have had the luxury of experiencing some really enormous M&A activity, probably from this time last year to now, um, probably the most deals I've ever had in my career at one time. Um, mm. I don't think I've ever had as many deals <laughs> as I've had now, uh, which is really exciting. Um, the uh, Because the, the sh- struggle and also the kind of what keeps us up at night is always making sure the quality is still there. We are making sure that our reputation is still um, the most important thing because we can't change that, right? Our clients rely on us to say, look, we've used Palm Tree to give us a view of their financials. And so if that shakes in any way because we got too busy and that shook our quality, that's that's never a place we want to be. So that's a really important balance. So we, anytime we get so busy where we feel like we're knocking on that door, we kind of reel it back and make sure that the quality is still there. And that's really important to us. Mm-hmm. So certainly you came from um, a career pathway as a specialist, right? You're mm. a CPA, you spent time at a big four firm. Um, but I, I anticipate that at the analyst and associate level at Palm Tree, you're looking for, or, or that, that you may not only be looking for those specialists as well, correct? That's correct. Um, I mean, I, I certainly love the story of um, pulling people out of the public accounting world and telling mm-hmm. them, look, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. But, but it's for people who are really ready to shift and, and make that change because um, I will fully say that there's just nothing... Um, comparable to, to getting that experience of, of going down that big four path. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not the only path. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have had the pleasure of having individuals come straight out of undergrad, zero public accounting experience, even very mm-hmm. minimal accounting experience. I think we had one individual who's like a computer science engineer, but just because he had that, and I'll use this as the, um, this is the palm tree. Uh, we should trademark this, but he had that frostiness, and it, because of that sense of like ability to roll up his sleeves and be mm. a problem solver and be able to be such a good team player, he really picked it up quickly. Um, bless him. He didn't know what a debit and credit was, but he figured it out. <laughs> and and uh, and 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 to be able to go into an FDD role uh, and and to figure it out as you go just require excuse me requires a specific individual with a personality that's like, you know, I'm going to sink or swim and I'm going to do my damnedest to, to swim. And he mm. did a great job. Mm. Yeah. 
So, so the you know those qualities of being willing to roll up your sleeves and dive in. Uh, certainly, I'm sure an uh, intellectual curiosity about the work and the space. Right. You mentioned Palm Tree being a group of of problem solvers. Um, what it, it may be in one of those veins or something else, but you know, what do you think about when you know what keeps you at Palm Tree? Why do you like working there? The, the work is really challenging and great. Uh, mm. It's it's definitely refreshing and and never the same uh, kind of robotic type of process. Um, I think also finding a corporation or a um, environment, or I'll just say it, a a work family Mm -hmm. uh, that aligns with your values and perspective, or at least just respects that other people have a different perspective, um, is what keeps me at Palm Tree. Uh, The the leadership, and I, uh, I say this kind of vaguely because I think it, it, it trickles down to all facets of, of the business and the company. But if it wasn't for the leadership, I think the other people wouldn't have that same culture. It's the whole tone at the top thing. As I think my generation came to understand, it was very important because we came about Mm. in the times of Enron and WorldCom and understood Mm. what tone at the top meant and how badly it could get infected and the disease could go down. Mm. Um, in that same breath, when you're very healthy at the top and very uh, aware of um, what your shortcomings are and open and honest about that, uh, it provides one, an environment where people are not afraid to provide feedback. It provides an environment where people are not afraid to say, I don't understand. Please help me explain this to me. Hmm. Uh, and then if you're asking those types of questions, then your client isn't asking those questions. So it's just adding value to our work product because no one's afraid to speak up and to collaborate and, and listen to each other. Hmm. I- you, you've already started to speak to this a little bit, but uh, add on there in terms of why why should people think about coming to work with you at Palm Tree? If you're frosty, you got to apply. It's, <laughs> it's the frostiness. Um, and I will I will give the credit to um, to our, our, our dear MD, Dave Walensky, who um, just started one day saying stay frosty at the end of a meeting mm-hmm. and uh I think it's evolved on what that truly means, but um, I, I still don't really know what the full definition is because s- being frosty is one thing, but staying frosty <laughs> is also something else. So I think being frosty, is it has that connotation of rolling up your sleeves and, and getting in there and really problem solving. But staying frosty means you need to take care of yourself. You need mm. to take a step back and make sure that you're ensuring that you have time to do work on your mental health, your physical health, your, you know, uh, eating well or do whatever it is that's a priority in your life, Mm -hmm. uh, that will maintain your staying of being frosty so that then you can be frosty. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really, it it touches a lot of different factors. And, uh, and that, that phrase just has um, become a, a cultural uh, integration of our business and actually has become one of our um, core values. So it's a, it's, it's a really important part. So that's when we recruit, when we interview, um, there is no like, direct question you can ask, but those are the types of um, facets you're looking for when you're interviewing someone. So if you do 
feel like that's an environment you thrive in, I would say by all means apply. If you feel like you need to have the same thing over and over again, and that structure feels good to you, and that's mm. where you, that's the safe space for you, by all means find that. It's just probably not going to be a palm tree. <laughs> Fair enough. Lots of growth, lots of change, and you're still growing. You're still recruiting. Um, What can you speak to at this moment about the type of people that you're looking to bring into the firm? So the the frostiness is important. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the the accounting background is really, really helpful. It just kind of gives you that leg up to be able to speak the language of a business. It's not a... um, you know, a deal breaker, but it certainly helps you speak the language and, and on all fronts on the banking side, on the TNT side and the FDD side, having that accounting and finance understanding and just being able to speak the language is, is super helpful. Um, having Excel skills, whether that's a couple of formulas, but shortcut keys, just really being able to navigate. And, um, I, I would say in hindsight, uh, one of the best things that worked for me was just being able to trace how things were done. And you can kind of teach yourself what's the best practices going forward or palm tree can help you there. But if you don't know how an Excel sheet works or, um, mm. uh, how to build one and just kind of open it up and work with formulas and, and set something up, that's something you can Google. You can, you can look on YouTube. It just kind of do some like self care when it comes to, um, what finance consulting would require. Mm -hmm. And someone who's looking to go into your recruitment process, what's one piece of advice you'd give them? Be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, there's no, um, there's no need to hide things. Um, I will say that um, when I was looking for the next move in my career and I updated my resume and I hadn't done it in a long time, Mm-hmm. I decided to put um, that I was a mom at the very bottom. Probably mm-hmm. not something that a lot of people put, um, but uh, then I kind of, in hindsight, thinking about it, I don't think I wanted to be a part of a company that saw that and thought, oh, we don't want her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that was a really good way for me to filter out companies, and maybe it was a good way for companies to filter me out. Um, but uh, but Palm Tree leaned in. They immediately asked about who the kid was and, and, and really invested in it. And it wasn't just, you know, background of FDD or background of whatever I've done in the M&A field, uh, but really taking to getting to know me as a person. So uh, personally, when I look at interview resumes and I'm interviewing someone, I love the bottom section where I get the little tidbits of what you do outside of your day to day. So being honest about um, who you are and what you want to do um, and, and kind of where you see yourself and how you can add value because you've done your research and you've done a little bit of due diligence about the business and the company, um, that, that goes a long way. Well, Rujin, that is a fantastic transition as we, you know, of course we, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk about your work and your firm, but we always like to get to know our guests on a personal level as well. So we'll just close out here with a couple of additional personal questions. Um, so could you share one thing about you know, what do you like about living in Texas? You know, we've already heard you've gotten to, to live a few different places, of course. Right now That's you're in right. Texas. What do you like about it? 
That's right. I have had the honor of being in a lot of different states and cities, but uh, nothing beats my Texas tacos. Mm. <laughs> I'm very, a very big fan of uh, the, and you know, everything's bigger in Texas, especially our tortillas. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we do tortillas well here. And, um, and also uh, I went to the University of Texas. So a lot of college friends still live here. So I've gotten to basically come back and reconnect with, with college buddies who are all now um, moms and dads and, and all of our kids play. So it's, it's a really valuable time in my life. I'm really excited mm-hmm. to be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what is a favorite memory of that part of your life, um, you know, from your time at, you know, Texas McCombs? <sighs> Yeah, I am um, for for all the sports fans out there. I was at the University of Texas from 2003 to 2008. Um, so we had a pretty exciting national championship at the time oh. but it wasn't the national championship that was my favorite memory it was the couple of games before early on in the season where it really became and everyone started saying oh maybe texas could take this we beat ohio state in ohio and oh. i have never seen austin like this i it, people just came out of their apartments and dorms and the entire city just got overwhelmed with all these people and it was just this massive party and um, my now husband asked for my phone number that night. <laughs> so oh, <laughs> it worked out Multiple really well. great reasons why that would be a favorite memory. I exactly. love that. Um, well, you've, you, you are a leader now at Palm Tree. You've gotten to accomplish a lot professionally. You're a mom. What's still something that you're looking for in the future? What's something on your bucket list that you're hoping to do? <sighs> that, that's a really good question. And... Um, this is going to sound super pretentious, but I'd like to say that I have hit all the things that I really like and I'm really content with where I am. Um, but I will, I guess, share that I'm hoping for my 40th that I will be on a boat somewhere and mm-hmm. off of, I'm not sure which island, but that that's kind of where I want to be for at least a week without the kids. <laughs> Ooh, a week off from work and without the kids. Well, I wish you the best in coordinating that. Thank you. Um, and we just want to thank you again for spending the time today. It's been a pleasure to get to know you and get to know more about the firm. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today. Check out the show notes for more information about Palm Tree, who they're hiring and how to apply. As Rujin shared, an accounting background is strongly preferred, but at its core, Palm Tree is looking for problem solvers who are interested and curious to apply themselves to this type of work, and those who will stay frosty. (laughs) Make sure to stay tuned for our upcoming conversations with Palm Tree to learn more about the firm as well, and check out Management Consultant's resources to help you on your recruiting journey. All the information is in the show notes. We'll see you next time.